Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Monday, June 22nd, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Paul, I'm back. Vacation or time away, furlough, whatever you want to call it. I was on the beach. What happened? You guys got the season started, right? <laughs> now, you didn't miss a whole lot, Joe. Oh. I missed you, but you did not miss a whole lot. A lot of more, a, lot, a few more proposals between the owners and players, but that was about it. Well, uh, I, I saw the Indians picked up some uh, non-drafted free agents. There were a couple of guys there, I think four guys that they, that they brought in. Uh, and, and like you said, a lot of posturing in the negotiations. But I, I appreciate Doug Maurice and Jamie Turner and the guys pitching in, helping out with the, the podcast while I was gone. Uh, what can you tell me about what the, what the Indians did just in those uh, you know couple of days while I was gone and they were uh, lining up those $20,000 uh, NDAs? Yeah, they, they signed four uh, four pl- undrafted members of the draft 2020 draft draft class. Uh, uh, a catcher from uh, Michigan, uh, Joe Donovan, uh, uh, two a left hander from uh, left hander from Fresno State, uh, uh, Arias Arias, um, and uh, Cade Smith, a uh, a pitcher from the University of Hawaii, and a um, and a high school uh, two-way player, a shortstop pitcher, uh, Rodriguez. I think it's Alex. No, it's it's Rod, uh, Rodriguez. Yeah, in uh, Alonzo play. Richardson. Yeah, Alonzo Richardson. Yeah, right. And he was he had uh, he had a full ride to uh, San Diego State and uh, chose to sign with the Indians. Oh, there you go. Uh, you know, and, and it, there was a question actually whether the Indians were going to be uh, have the resources to sign guys like that with the those $20,000 uh, uh, offers, but it uh, looks like, you know, they, they were able to, to maneuver some, some of their bonus pool money and, and, and get the job done uh, bringing in those guys. Uh, so, you know, great job by Scott Barnesby and the, uh, the rest of the, the organization there. How much does that say about the player development side of things? If these guys, these four guys were willing to take that, you know, $20,000 just to be a part of the Indians and get into their development system. Yeah, I think that uh, says a lot. I mean, you know, the three college pitchers, you know, they're kind of leveraged. Their probably bargaining power is, uh, is you know, wasn't great. I mean, do they go back to school, you know, for the senior year or do they go play ball? You know, so I think that was that kind of – that they, they had a – they you know, the Indians 
that was a pretty good advantage for the Indians. But the high school kid, you know, could have gone to a school, could have gone to college, San Diego State, got gets stronger. I don't know if he's a pitcher. You know, he could have done a little of both pitch, play shortstop. But he chose to, uh, you know, sign and turn professional. So, you know, that gives you an indication that, you know, he, he wants to play baseball. And, uh, you know, he's willing to make his money later on. Well, uh, here we go with the uh, – we're going to continue our preview of the American League Central. We're, we're getting closer, I think, to, to games or, 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 you know, decisions being made about a short season. So it's uh, week three of our previews where we're going to run through Kansas City this week. And, and really, we're going to talk to Alan Eskew, a longtime Kansas City Royals beat writer, uh, working for the AP now. And, you know, I, I'm curious to find out what moves they've made in the offseason. They've got a new manager, a new owner, and, and really haven't, haven't, didn't make too many moves in, in free agency. But in terms of what they've got lined up, position player-wise at least, uh, they, they could be competitive in some games if their pitching can hold up. Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, interesting club, Joe. You know, obviously they made the uh, World Series back-to-back to, uh, 2014, 2015, uh, won it in 2015. Um, then they had to tear the club down. You know, they had to rebuild. They've lost 100, they lost 103 games last year, I think 104 the year before. Um, and now they're, you know, so they're in the rebuilding process. They're trying to stock up on pitching. And uh, they've, they've taken a different course than the Indians who have, you know, who have tried to stay competitive year in and year out. So, you know, we'll see uh, how that works. And, uh, but, you know, they are, it's a good organization. It's, uh, you, you know, they, they take care of their players. And uh, Allen is the right guy to talk to. He, he knows them inside and out. All right. When we come back, we will be joined by Alan Eskew, AP uh, writer and Royals beat writer for you know more than 30 years. Uh, he's the man when it comes to talking about the Royals uh, right here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. And we're joined by Alan Eskew, veteran beat writer for the Royals, uh, more than 30 years covering the Royals out there for the Associated Press and other various outlets. Uh, Alan, great to talk to you and, and, and really the hope is by the end of, of this conversation, our listeners and, and, and readers have a better idea of what to expect out of the Royals if and when this, this 2020 season gets going. So it's great to talk to you. Nice to, to visit with you guys. Uh, Alan, just, you know, heading into this season, uh, you know, not, not a lot of, of big changes really, uh, you know, for the Royals uh, after the, the season that they had last year. What was the biggest sort of uh, off-season move that the, the Royals made? It's probably uh, picking up Franco, who's been the Phillies' uh, third baseman. He was non-tendered, and uh, so they got him. That which made them move uh, Hunter Dozier, who's played primarily third last year. He's going to be in right field now. How do you think that move is going to work, uh, Alan? Uh, if Franco can regain his uh, old self, it'd be a it'd be a great move for the Royals. He he was looking pretty good in spring training, which seems like about three months ago now, because it was three months ago. Yeah, uh, Dozier's played some in right field, so that shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be bad. 
the uh, you talk about Hunter Dozier. He's a he's a guy who's he's had a, had a little bit of success against the Indians as well. Uh, you know, in at the plate, particularly I, I recall him. Uh, you know, hitting a walk off home run a couple of years back. Uh, just is is he a part of sort of any sort of uh, you know core or anything like that they're trying to build ever since you know coming off of that 2015 World Series and and sort of having to to restart the the engine for for the franchise yeah he's he's a former first round pick so it's i think he's uh he didn't blossom like us like real quickly but he's really coming to his own the last couple of years and he's got some power and uh they like him a lot he's he's a good athlete he can play first third and the outfield and uh this year he's penciled in to be the starting right fielder which means uh, Solar, who led the American League in home runs last year with 48, will be the uh, mainly the designated hitter. Where does that put uh, Salvador Perez? Is he still in, in the mix and in the option uh, an option anywhere? Oh, Salvador will be their number one catcher. Of course, last year he didn't play uh, the Perino All-Star because uh, he was coming off the Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. And uh, – he, he looked close to 100% in spring training. And uh, oh, he'll, he'll definitely be catching. He could he could uh, DH some, I'm sure. If it's a 60-game season, he might catch 55 games. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, so, uh, Alan, what does it mean to have Alex Gordon re-signed with the club? It, it means a lot. He's definitely a, a team leader. He gives them – Obviously, excellent defense. I, I don't know if he's what like five or six gold gloves in left field, and so that that setup and you know that allows him to put Merrifield back in center. Dozier will be in right, and so will probably be the main DH. So uh, yeah, getting Alex back. I mean, he's a presence in the clubhouse. Uh, he still has power, and. Uh, yeah, that, it was an excellent mood for him to return. You, you mentioned Whit Merrifield. Now, there, there's a guy you, you didn't recently. You didn't really know where he was going to be in the uh, in the field until you looked at the uh, the lineup card each day. Where he he's moved around a lot recently, right? Yes, he's well. He came up like a super utility player, then mm-hmm. uh, mainly playing second base. But now he's been playing mostly outfield the last uh, last year. He, he let he's led the American League in hits now the last two years. He had uh, 206 hits this year. Last year, this year he might be lucky to get 90. <laughs> you know, I was talking to him. I was talking to him at the All Star game, Alan, and you know, a nice guy. He seemed, you know, open to do anything. You know, the Royals asked him to, but I got the impression he he really favored playing second base. What, what is there? Is there any truth to that? He he probably would play uh maybe like to play second base more, but the way it's setting up now, he'll be more in the outfield. Uh, they've uh, they've got Lopez uh, who'll be be their second baseman. Of course, then they have Mondesi playing shortstop, who led the league in stolen bases. Yeah. It's kind of strange. You got you have a team that individuals that lead the league in three offensive categories and they still lose 100 games last year 
that's just a lot for their pitching or yeah. <laughs> lack of pitching. Right. And that, you know, that leads naturally into that, uh, you know, where is the rotation right now? And, 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 uh, from a Royals perspective, uh, how maybe envious are the, uh, the Royals fans of the, the, the rotation that the Indians are able to roll out there on a regular basis? They're, uh, I'm sure they're quite, uh, envious, but <laughs> uh, the rotation right now sits up probably Brad Keller, who's a former rule five pick from the Diamondbacks will be their opening day pitcher. He was last year, but he struggled his uh, sophomore season at seven and 14 with the ERA North of four. Then you got Danny Duffy, a lefty veteran left-hander, but he's, Spent a lot of time with the disabled last last two or three seasons. He uh, only only made twenty three starts last year, but he was seven and sixth. Then you bring in uh, Jacob Junis, a right hander, will be their number three starter. He was nine and fourteen last year, with a five point two four ERA. Then you then Mike Montgomery, who they got back, who was originally number one first round pick. And uh, he's, he'll always go down in Cubs folklores, <laughs> but uh, he the, he'd mainly been a reliever. But now the Rawls like him as a starter. He made thirteen starts after they got him back here. Uh, but he's two and seven in those thirteen starts. Mm-hmm. Number fifth starter is to be determined. But uh, so the rotation is not not strong when you got a. a Rule five pick is your opening day starter. That's that's not ideal. Alan, what what allowed uh, Ian Kennedy to make that kind of a ra- pretty rare switch? I mean, he was fairly successful starter, and all of a sudden he goes back in this back into the pen and has really success as, as closer as a closer. Yes, he had thirty saves last year. What? I think the the main reason to moving him was because of injuries, and uh, he he didn't couldn't go really deep into games. About five six innings was tops, and uh, so he has all the tools to be a closer. He does have a blazing fastball, but it picked up a couple of miles. I think when they moved him, you're only going one inning now. And uh, he has other pitches to go with it, and he has the uh, the attitude, the mental attitude to 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 make that adjustment. And at first he fought it, but now he realizes it's probably the best for his career, and it's probably going to prolong. And he'll be a free agent after this season, supposedly season. So it'll, it'll, it's going to work out good for him. He'll get a he'll get a contract somewhere. Uh, you know the, the Royals, of course, made uh, made it to the World Series twenty fourteen. Won the World Series in twenty fifteen. Uh, you know, since then it's been, uh, you know, pieces from you know that those clubs and that and that run have have moved on from the the team. Uh, in the off season, you had uh, Sherman come in and and you know they, they approved the 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 ownership uh, change there. So this is a totally different not completely different, but it's a different feel for this club since that, that 2015 world series. Do you see a, you know, a plan or is there, are they working on something to, to sort of get back to where they were 
in, in 2014 and 15? Or, uh, you know, is it still sort of to be determined what, what the plan is? The plan is uh, pitching. They've got four, so 2018, they drafted four college pitchers from power five conferences. And the, they were all in camp as non-roster invitees and were pretty impressive. So the rotation that you see this year will be turned over completely in a, in a couple of years. Uh, so the the pitching is there. It's coming. Uh, I mean, they had Chris Bubek, who led the minors in strikeouts last year, a left-hander. Then they have Brady Singer, Jackson Cower, and Daniel Lynch. Lynch is also a lefty, so they got two rights, two lefts, and uh, that's the future. And uh, pitching has got to get better, and they believe that uh, will happen. Then this year they drafted a college pitcher out of A&M, so uh, Texas A&M. So the pitching is the key. It's got to get better, and if, what it does, they should be a contending team. What what have you been able to tell about uh, Mike Matheny? How new man in his first year in the job? Obviously a veteran guy, but what uh, how, how's he fit in, in with the Royals? He fits in very well. He's like a complete opposite of, of Ned Yost uh, in in many ways, uh, but the players seem to really adapt to his style. He's very intense, very concentrated on what he wants to get done. And uh, I think it's going to work out very well for the Royals. I, I, I was reading something where he went to school to, you know, to kind of, uh, I don't know if it was school or took a couple classes in advanced uh, sabermetrics and the analytics. Is that, um, am I right in that, in that regard? Yeah. He, he, he wanted to learn that side of the business, I think more. He also had, I won't call it, maybe like a leadership book that he read. And, uh, you know, what did I do wrong in St. Louis or what didn't work out that I can make better in Kansas City? This is kind of, Ned uh, made a lot of adjustments after he was fired in Milwaukee coming to the Royals and uh, knew that he had to to do that. So I think, uh, I think, I think I really like Mike Matheny. I think he's going to be a, a very solid, good manager. The, uh, before we get into any sort of, you know, predictions or anything like that, uh, you know, just I want to get your take or, or the, the sort of Kansas City perspective, the outsider's view on the Indians and what they've done over the last three or four seasons. You know, they won three straight titles, made it to the World Series, you know, made it to a Game 7. Uh, some would say that they were – you know, taking advantage of some of the smaller market teams that were were down in their division for those years. Uh, but but what are the, the the folks saying out there in Kansas City, and and what are they? Or your opinion of of the team and what they've done so far, and and do you consider them to be a club that's, you know, is the window closing, or you know, are they still a, a contending team? Well, I think they're still a contending team, uh, for sure. I don't know if the but. Probably the window is closing as far as winning a World Series, but they're they will definitely be a, a factor in the in the division. Of course, Minnesota is is getting better, and the White Sox farm system is loaded. 
But if the Indians want to trade the rotations with the Royals, I think we can make that right now. <laughs> I think uh, one, one particular pitcher that you guys would take in a heartbeat would be Mike Clevenger. Uh, you're talking about a guy who is 9-0 and lifetime in 13, uh, 13 appearances against the Royals with a 1.93 earned run average. I think it's the most wins in Major League Baseball history against the Royals without a loss. And his, his ERA ranks second among active pitchers. Why, why can't the Royals beat this guy? I, they don't know. <laughs> Obviously, the, I mean, he's, he's not that what, hard of a thrower. He's not a power. He's, he, he's added some, some, some velo in the last couple of years. Yeah. So, but uh, they, they, they just have trouble with him. And uh, I, I, I can't tell you why. I mean, he's a good pitcher. He's a very good pitcher, so but the Royals have yet to solve him. It's a puzzle they, do, they cannot solve. Alan, is there any has there been any kind of change in attitude or the, around the ball club with the new ownership group coming in, led by John Sherman, who used to be a minority owner with the tribe? Right. He uh, he's made a lot of picked up a lot of brownie points during this downtime of you know. Paying all the minor leaguers, they did not cut one minor leaguer, and uh, so they're going to pay them all year. Not you know, other clubs have released like thirty players in the last month. The Raws opted not to do that. They kept all the the front office, the staff together, supporting staff. So he's really uh, made a very good first impression. He is a Kansas City uh, lives in Kansas City. So, yeah, and I think the time with the Indians probably got him, you know, he learned some things, got some education. Maybe, maybe he'll take some ideas that the Indians had and implement with Kansas City. I'm sure he will. Well, you know, 30 years uh, on the beat with the, with the Royals, obviously uh, you've probably interacted with, uh, with Hoinsey in the press box uh, a, a good bunch of times. Do you have any good Hoinsey stories for us uh, to share on the, uh, on the podcast today? Any that you can share? I don't know. Does he still do that call during the games? And the... <laughs> oh, if you, are, if you are lucky enough in the, uh, in the Indians press box to, to be present when Hoinsey busts out a hawk call, <laughs> uh, pretty unforgettable, but, but yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've heard a few of those in my days, but uh, no. Well, when uh, when he asked me to come on, I told him he's going to have to buy me lunch and surprise. So, <laughs> but, but but he had to go through my agent Scott Boris, so the price may be going up. <laughs> oh, okay. you just said you just said the two words that Hoinsey despises the most, Scott Boris. That's just <laughs> that, that's way up there, Hoinsey. What what uh, what about Alan? Yeah, any good stories about Alan? I I can, I can think of one off the top of my head, but I don't know. Calm, cool, and collected all the time. He's he's always there, and you never know he's there. He never, and he leaves. He might leave the press box later than me. So, oh, he's, he's always writing, man. <laughs> later than Hoinsey. Hoinsey closes things up. Uh, you know, well past the uh, the witching hour back here in, in Cleveland. Uh, we we, uh, we try to wait each other out. He's going to be the last one to leave. Uh, that's great. Uh, so I I, I know. Uh, you know, beat writers are, are loath to, to make predictions or, or to be pr- pinned down about anything. 
Uh, the Royals haven't won a, a division title or been to the playoffs since 2015. Uh, when when's the next Royals AL Central Championship? Next twenty four. Twenty four. Okay, that's. But you said they haven't been in the playoffs since uh, two thousand fourteen and fifteen. Right, were they? Right before that, it was twenty nine years. Wow, it was nineteen eighty five to two thousand and fourteen. That's right, and we. We took a picture in the press box of the, the scribes that were um, around in 85 that were still alive in <laughs> 2014. And so, uh, how many did you have? Yeah. Were you the only one? <laughs> uh, there was about five of us. Oh, yeah. That included, included a TV guy and uh, two or three writers, but it was a uh, it's a slim crowd. Not 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 too many people remember the '85 World Series. Well, I uh, last season was my first time making a, a trip out to Kansas City to cover a game. Uh, I was actually there at the game where uh, Trevor Bauer threw the ball over the uh, center field wall. What did you What did you think of that game? I thought when he threw it, I said that's his last pitch for the for the Indians. And you were right. You were right. <laughs> And it wasn't a strike either. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, I don't think Tito's going to put up with this much longer. I was right on that. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, Alan, it, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I, obviously, uh, you know, you're you're the source. You're the man to, to talk to about, uh, about the Royals. Uh, a lot of great information as we hopefully get, get ready for this, uh, this upcoming season. Uh, you know, it looks like things are getting closer to, to sort of sort of having to happen. Uh, is there an advantage or a disadvantage for, for any of these clubs in, in a short season like it's, it's probably going to turn out to be? Last year, I believe that the Nationals had and the Tigers had the worst record like after 50 or 60 games. Mm -hmm. So you just never know what's going to happen. It, it, it's no longer – a marathon. It's going to be a sprint this year. You can't, cannot afford to give away any games. Uh, really difficult to make a prediction. The Rawls have been notorious slow starters. They start slow this year. It's over. If you go 10 and 20 in the first month, you're not in the expanded playoffs. Right, yeah, with, you're not kidding. Even with the expanded playoffs, that's it. All right, Hoynes, you got anything else? No, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Alan. Alan, thanks for, joining, thanks for joining us on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll hopefully uh, get a chance to talk to you again later. Thanks for having me.